Kia ora and welcome to the Student Soul Sermons podcast. I'm Tom Miffin. Today I'm talking to you direct from my office. This is not a pre-recorded message like usual. It's just me and you. Easter weekend coincides with mid-semester break, so lots of students head out of town and we don't usually meet for Student Soul. So wherever you are at on this good Friday of 2021, or on whatever day you're listening, and I hope you are well. I hope that God would bless you with eyes to see things as they really are. And I hope that you would find this message helpful in some way. This talk is called Friday Phobia. Nothing But Thieves is a British rock act who put out an album in 2020 called Moral Panic. The sixth song of the album, Phobia, tells the story of a character, maybe the singer Connor Mason in full or part, or maybe not, who is in the midst of a great dislocation and is living in a very dark place. At the end of this episode, if you're listening on Spotify, the full version of Phobia will play. If you're not a Spotify user, as far as I understand it, you'll hear a 30 second snippet. But all you need to do is search nothing but thieves, Phobia, on YouTube, and you'll be able to listen. Not only that, but the video is a strange, dark visualization that complements the track well. Please be aware it is rated explicit for the lyric content, so if that is not your thing, don't listen. Throughout the song, our character directs his anger surprisingly and unexpectedly, at least to me, towards the internet. And this is a narrative link that we journey with throughout the song. It helps us to understand the drama that's unfolding, the movement of time, the development in the story. He starts by outright declaring his hate for the internet. You know what it's like to experience the internet, right? For many of us, the internet is something that we experience as something like the cacophonic noise of a whole array of social ecosystems. It's the amplification of humanity's illusions and delusions. It's not all bad, but sometimes it can feel like you're going down a hole and the walls are closing in. That seems to be the feeling in this song. And he hates it. That's the first major theme of this song the challenge and darkness of this vast and expansively networked world that we find ourselves living in. Another theme occupying our singer's mind is to do with fame, the illusion of success, the fakeness of celebrity culture. This is linked strongly to his distaste for the internet. After all, the internet is home to the social spaces in which celebrity life is lived engaged in, and monetized. And he has no love for the stars. They are fame suckers, the big shots, the fat cats. To him, they are like the fake showpieces of a false kingdom, which he despises. But here's the flip. He is the one staying in the five-star hotel. He's the big shot, or at least he is reaping the benefits of the big shot life 
at this moment. So the stage is set for a major showdown. Our singer is darkly wired into a vast social system, the very purpose and substance of which he despises. But he himself is part perpetuator, part benefactor. He is a part of the problem. But this false kingdom looks to be bringing him very close to the brink. And he is close to the brink. He does not feel well. At no point during the song does he feel well. And it's drummed home six times just to get the message across. This is a strange sense of desperation, or at least partial desperation. Things are not going well, despite perhaps some passing illusion of success represented by the five-star hotel that he's inhabiting. And he could use some healing soon. A very understated way to say it, as though it's bad but not intolerable. Before, and this is the telling piece, I lose all feeling soon. It's almost as though he knows it's worse than he knows. Like there's a voice inside that is saying, Dude, this is not good. We are not in a good place. You need help. And then there's this other side of him that's kind of blasé, disconnected, maybe a bit numb. And that indeed is his fear. Numbness. The loss of all feeling. The bleeding out of the life force that animates him as a human. This is the stage that he fears the most. And he despises the thing that created this. And he has seen it coming. But despite that, our character has not been able to stop himself arriving at the edge. Or is he over the edge? He might even be dead. Is he? And just a few lines later, he just doesn't know. How can you not know if you are dead? He has crossed a line. Maybe this is some kind of zombie state of subhumanity. Like he's sitting on the brink, not dead, but not alive, unable to tell the difference. Whatever it is, this is an extremely grim place. But there are still the remotest signs of life along the way. Things may not be over just yet. He sings, I want to know your phobia. Go on, press send. And we can make friends. The internet isn't all bad. It allows friendships to form. It allows human connection to take place, even from within the darkest places. 
even if the content of that connection is based on extreme or irrational fear, there is at least the smallest of light that shines when we can share the darkness. But nonetheless, he still does not feel well, and total numbness threatens. I can get what I go searching for in this subhuman state, but not what I need. Pills, but not help. Verse 3 uses a strange juxtaposition, talking about love junkies and their private hell. Maybe this is a little like the idea that unchecked desire, when it's free to take all that it lusts after, can kill you. All longing and indulging, and no self-denial, no sacrificial giving for the sake of the other. This is a route to private hell on earth. And he has shut down the internet. But has it backfired? He is so disconnected now. He is experiencing utter and near complete disconnection from himself. All sense of life and hope is fading fast, and even the faint glimmer of life that showed up in the previous verse is gone. You might be here, he sings, but I just don't know. He has cut off the internet and so destroyed a route for possible connection. He's lost all perception and sense of the outside world. Healing better come soon. The stage has been well set for a major showdown. Is this a tragedy? But verse 4 arrives, and the numbness erupts into rage. Perhaps the strongest sign of life we've seen yet. So, live in hope. For this life is not done yet. Or, at least, he says, I will not surrender to the grey despair just yet. But it's just a flip from the lukewarm and fading over to the white-hot frenzy of a public demise. I'm on stage and I just can't cope. You'll see this on the internet. You can hear the nightmarish laughter of a gossip-fueled public enjoying with glee the grand fall of yet another failed prince. And don't forget to like it, make this go viral, and we'll just feed the cycle. And the song comes to an end, unresolved. The dark network has threatened to swallow our singer. But it hasn't yet. He knows he needs to get out to get healed. But he's not out yet. He's sitting on the brink of numbness. Of a partial death. And although... It seems he hasn't succumbed. The anger, the dislocation, and the careless fury 
that seems to characterize the final verse as just another side of the same coin. The only question he has left is, can I get some healing soon? Before I lose all feeling soon. The song opens a window into the world of a man experiencing the negative effects of a darkly networked world. He is part of a social structure which he despises, perhaps even more so because he is an active and contributing part to it. But he is sitting on the brink, afraid that he's crossed the edge, scared of numbness, and flipping between utter despair and frenzied rage. This is the underbelly of our world. This is a taste of human culture when that which we create fails us. He is a prophet of reality, hoping to wake himself up from the nightmare, desperate for someone to awaken him and bring healing. Before all his feeling dies. He's tasted enough of the light of life to at least know it's out there, even if he doesn't know where to get it. Even at his lowest, there are glimmers of life, although those glimmers are faint and fading. Have you ever been there? This song tells some truth about how things are for us in this world. It's no doubt that despite plenty of goodness and worthiness in human life, there is a dark underbelly to our shared life. And there always has been. We can also be very complicated people, and you may well know the experience that sometimes you find yourself living or acting in a way that you actually don't like. Almost like someone else is compelling you or captivating you. I certainly know that feeling where you're torn and although your conscience is saying, uh-uh, don't go there, you sort of test the waters anyway. It can be a downward slope from there from many of us. And it's no joke to feel like you're sitting on the brink. One of the paradoxes of our hyperconnected world is just how disconnected many of us are. And that disconnection can manifest itself in different ways. Toward numbness and a slow spiral into oblivion. Or bursting wildly forth in flashes of rage and destruction. Despite how our sometimes Instagram perfect lives may look from the outside, most of us, if we're honest, will recognize at least fragments of this character in our own lives. You have experienced your dark places. You might be walking through the grey lands of despair right now. And we can definitely see this played out more broadly when we observe culture, community, society, world issues played out around us. As great as this world is in so many ways, there's no doubt 
there is a very dark underbelly. And if you're not unnerved by the reality of that, you might have some work to do. The only question worth asking, as far as I can tell, is can we get some healing soon before we lose all feeling soon? The hero of our song went to pills, went to wine, tried the minibar, wanted to know your phobia. None of it provided what he needed. As far as I know, there's only one place worth looking. The Gospel of Mark is an account of the life of Jesus written between 60 and 70 AD or CE, within the lifetime of the eyewitnesses to Jesus' life. It is fast-moving and to the point emphasizing the fundamental message which Jesus proclaimed, that the kingdom of God was near and that there is a way of living that frees people to embrace it. In chapter 15, having been betrayed by one of his closest friends and disciples, then arrested by order of the chief priests, Jesus is reluctantly condemned by Pontius Pilate to be executed by crucifixion on authority of the Roman Empire. They took him to the place of the skull, and at the third hour, 9 a.m., they crucified him. Then came the sixth hour, midday. At that time, darkness covered the whole land. And as time passed by, second after tortuous second, the ninth hour arrived, three o'clock in the afternoon. And at that point, Jesus, demon confronter, leper cleanser, sin forgiver, hand healer, parable teller, storm silencer, dead raiser, crowd feeder, water walker, faith awakener, sight bringer, future foreteller, great teacher, temple cleanser, anointed guest, sorrow-filled prayer. Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lima sabachthane. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And the one who had seen and felt and lived through the very messy conditions that characterized human life in the ancient Middle East 2,000 years past, who had seen and lived among and loved those who had found themselves outsiders and losers to the social structures that held sway in that day, who also knew that even the winners of the day were in need more than anything else of God's future, this future that was breaking in around him everywhere he went. This one, this man, this Jesus cries out in pain. The one who was pronouncing the end of pain, the one who was healing pain, the one who was leading the path to a world beyond pain, cries out at the highest point of human agony, beyond the end of physical limits, and now too beyond the end of spiritual limits. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? 
the one who was restoring the world to God. Now, forsake him. Ultimate despair. Ultimate disconnection. Utter desperation. A final longing for connection and the darkest of possible places. But useless. Meaningless. Empty. He gets some wine, but not some help. A final mockery in a public hell. And so, this man, Jesus, cries out and breathing his last breath 